Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. 803 Eastern, Doug Williams back with you on The Fan, here with you till midnight. Talk baseball, we'll circle back to football in just a bit. Um, but Andy Martino joins us now, he's the uh, MLB insider for SNY here in New York. Um, longtime co-worker of mine, friend of mine, and is incredibly well-sourced, and he's a great guy to talk to this time of year. And Andy, um, I know that every time you're on Baseball Night New York on SNY, you are asked about Judge and DeGrom and what the latest Mm -hmm. is with both of them. Uh, Could you do that for our listeners here on the fan, please? I would be happy to. I fulfill my contractual obligations this evening by delivering the news first at SNY. And now I will share with you, uh, for those who didn't listen or watch, excuse me, uh, that uh, basically with Aaron Judge, you know, on, on Baseball Night New York, we do a daily Aaron Judge update, and I'm getting the sense that we're not going to be doing those for too much longer. Uh, talking to someone today who's involved in the process, there's a feeling that this free agency is not going to go on for that much longer. I actually heard a rumor that Judge was going to pick a team this week and sign this week, and so I was checking that out with someone and was told, um, maybe not quite that fast, but there's definitely starting to be an expectation that this could resolve during the winter meetings or around about that time. Uh, I'm not saying there are only two teams in, but there are only two known teams in. Uh, the Yankees have been very, very, very open with how much they love him and how much they want to pay him. We don't know the exact amount, but we know it's a ton. Uh, so uh, it just seems to be like that one's reaching a conclusion. As for DeGrom, uh, another team popped up today. It was interest in him. Uh, I was told it was the Tampa Bay Rays, kind of looking for the mystery team on him the past few days at Tampa. Uh, and that's an interesting one, of course. They've never carried a $100 million payroll or paid a top pitcher like DeGrom wants to be paid. But they did offer Freddie Freeman more than the Dodgers did last year, $150 million with no deferred money. And it's the Rays' policy to check in on all the big free agents, just to make sure it can't be a fit. They've certainly heard all the talk that DeGrom likes Florida and uh, can pitch him on that. So, well, I don't think that I'm expecting him to be a Ray. I thought it was an interesting little factoid that they're, that they've been uh, in contact. Yeah. And if there's interest from the Rays, uh, if I'm any of those teams that have talked to him and maybe I'm a little worried about the medicals and what DeGrom shapes up to be for the next two or three years, 
the Rays' interest in general uh, means something to me if I'm an evaluator on another team in another front office because they very rarely poke around where they're not interested and where they don't see potential. And so let me ask you about the judge thing because we don't have, you know, no reported offer that I've seen in terms of numbers from the Giants. You said for the Yankees that you don't know what the actual offer would be. So how, you know, how are we in that place where you heard a rumor it might be this week but we don't yet know of any offers. Is that just because it hasn't been leaked, or do you think he's not yet received them? Well, Judge's agent, I think, used to work for the CIA because he's really, really good at not communicating. <laughs> um, I, I've noticed there's been, and that's his right, by the way. I'm being a little facetious, but not a lot getting out, um, obviously, on that front. And the Yankees and the Giants have not uh, told any reporters, to my knowledge. I certainly haven't read anything or heard anything about specifics of offers. I know that the Yankees uh, are really aggressive here, and we know what that means. When they really want a player, uh, it's starting to feel to me like CC Sabathia in 09 and Cole, or you know, in late 08 with CC and Cole a few years ago, uh, where every once in a while, Hal's just like, how much do you want? And this feels a little more like one of those to me. No, I don't have the number, uh, but I think I have the feel of it, which is that uh, – It'd be enough money to pay for the car accident that I suffered last time I was on. With yeah. You, and then with, with some left over. Man, I should just recap that quickly. <laughs> the last time I was on the fan and I asked Andy to join me as a guest, in the middle of one of his points, you could tell he seemed distracted, which is not like there's him, a drift but, a little. Yeah. yeah. He was drifting. And it turned out that he was rear ended and the guy ran off. It was a hit and run while on the fan live radio with me. Terrible. And I'm sorry it happened. Multiple thousands of dollars oh, out of my bank account. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. All um, worth it, though, to talk to you. Well, you know, I was you. trying to power through. Like, you know how we are. And it's like, just show goes on. And I was like, yeah, I got to go. No, not worth it. <laughs> not worth it at all. Um, but anyway, Judge could pick up that tab with his new okay. contract if he chose to. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Talking to SNY's Andy Martino. So one of the fun parts of your job, Andy, is when um, you put together a source piece of information in your reporting and you put it out there and then people mischaracterize it and misheadline it. Oh, no, what happened? Well, it was just the the story about the Mets requesting medicals was a fact that you heard. And then it's like Mets are interested. Um, Mets are going to steal DeGrom. It, it, It just it it runs away from what the original information was. And Rosie, our producer asked me before you came on, he said, can you ask Andy why the Mets wouldn't pursue judge given that, you know, the one of the things we're talking about with the Mets this off season is they need a big power battle alongside Alonzo. And there's one standing right there worth a ton of money. Yes, but available. Why yeah. haven't the Mets gone further than just the medicals? Well, um, a couple of reasons that the Mets aren't in on Judge. Uh, one, look, I actually don't think that the team that signs Judge is going to end up giving him a good contract. I think this this is a a guy with a height through no fault of his own that doesn't tend to age well in position players. Not a lot of six foot, uh, six seven, uh, six foot you know type outfielders that last into their mid late thirties. We know Judge's injury history. We know he's coming off what's got to be a career year, great timing for him, good for him for betting on himself and winning. Um, but the Mets, who already gave that rather ill-advised decade-long deal to Francisco Lindor, uh, just they don't have the appetite to commit to a guy who's even older. 
Uh, yeah, they could use power. Like, they'd love Judge on a two- or three-year deal, I'm sure, but that's not going to happen. So they got to find their home runs elsewhere somehow. And, um, you know, furthermore, and I've written about this, and then it was the subject of some other stuff like that, that the uh, union didn't like, but the fact is uh, Hal, Hal Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen, though they've had no contact or conversations about this or anything collusive, are in kind of an era of good feeling, and I just don't think that they're in the mood to chase each other's stars, uh, which is not against the rules. I understand why the union wouldn't love that, but um, you know, as long as as long as the sides aren't colluding, uh, which I obviously have no information that they are, uh, then there's no problem. But that is a factor too. By the way, here I am talking about mischaracterizing your work, and I just did that. I did it accidentally. I, what I was referring to was the Degrom Yankees conversation. Where the Yankees requested the medicals on Degrom, correct? And then it became a bigger story. They did, they did. Uh, so it, they asked for the medicals on Degrom, meaning that they had some preliminary interest. But at the end of the day, I just don't see they're they're in a full scale pursuit of Judge, and I just don't see Degrom being um, their top target there. I think they're looking more for mid back rotation than like front of the rotation um, salary slot there. Another thing that I, I heard you mention that I thought was interesting is you guys were having a conversation on SNY about Verlander, and mm-hmm. you made a point that Kodai Senga and Verlander could easily both be Mets, but you don't see Verlander being a New York Yankee. What's the level of interest with both teams in Verlander right now? Uh, Mets way more in the Verlander than the Yankees at the moment, I think. The Yankees made Verlander a really strong offer, $25 million a year ago. Uh, they thought they had a shot. Verlander went and shot that offer back to Jim Crane and the Astros, got more out of the Astros. So from that, the Yankees kind of thought, well, okay, I guess he doesn't want to be a Yankee. You know, he was he was um, more out there, like, on the market. New York teams have to be very sensitive to being used to drive up prices. It's an age-old thing in the sport. So I suppose that could come together, but the fact that it went that way last time suggests to me that Verlander and the Yankees aren't a fit. Mets like him. Uh, Mets have met with him. Uh, I could definitely see him ending up a Met if DeGrom signs elsewhere. And um, they're going to be tempted anyway. I don't see them having room in their payroll for both, but they really do like Verlander. And uh, he speaks, coming from the Astros, he speaks the language of cutting-edge analytics that Steve Cohen and Billy Epler really like, too. So he's personality fit for the in that way for the culture they're trying to build uh probably more so than DeGrom but DeGrom is a potential Mets icon so there's a lot of stuff to weigh on that side of things too um I'm gonna ask you a Mets specific question in a second but just to follow up on Verlander um I'm asking you this because you wrote the book Cheated which you can Mm -hmm. still buy um because you've chronicled so much of the Astros cheating scandal and because um, you know what went wrong in that front office and in that organization yeah. that led them to it. And just anecdotally, when you have conversations with people, even about Verlander's free agency this offseason, a lot of people make the point that Cole went from Pittsburgh to Houston to New York and was a different pitcher sandwiched in Houston. That Verlander mm-hmm. looked like he was on the, the, the end, towards the end of his career in Detroit. He goes to Houston and he's been unbelievable since. We we don't know, fans at home, if there's anything sketchy ever going on in Houston other than what has now been reported by people like you and Evan Drellick, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
what is it that they do in Houston that turns the careers around of pitchers? And is it potentially something that they have trouble bringing to a new organization and something that teams consider in free agency? Yeah, that's a good question. There's a couple of things that, I mean, I thank you for bringing out the book cheated. And I did report in that, that uh, the Astros have been accused during the Cole Verlander years of doing a lot of funny stuff with the baseballs. In fact, uh, they were accused in the 17 World Series of having baseballs that were uh, their own set of baseballs for their pitchers that were mudded up differently. Real quick on what that is, is the, the, uh, usually a, a clubby a team employee rubs up the balls, all the baseballs before a game in the umpire's room. The umpire is supposed to supervise, but they're probably eating a sandwich or something. It's not usually that big of a deal. But the Dodgers felt that the Astros had balls that had more mud on them way back in 17. So as a result of that, there's actually now a poster in every umpire's room saying, this is how dark the ball can be. This is how dark the ball can't be. It's one of the many things the Astros did beyond uh, garbage cans, huh. which was, wasn't was the least of it. So that is a factor. And then there's the sticky stuff issue, which pitchers have been using, um, had been using, and no longer can quite use, um, at least in the same way they did, the spider tack and all that thick stuff. Obviously, it's been a topic of conversation with Cole. Um, I mean, baked into the premise to me, though, Doug, of that question, has, it is like Garrett Cole hasn't been the same. And I, I think he's been an absolute stud as a Yankee. So that's a, a different conversation. But um, I get what you're saying, that he's not quite the guy he was in Houston in some ways. Right. Uh, and it was that question with Verlander. Um, there's always a little bit of a question maybe coming out of Houston. But I just get the sense with Verlander, too, that so much of that can be his pro- his success there can be attributed to his embracing of the technologies. To to wrap up a long-winded answer of that very good question, no, which, I which think... has a lot of tentacles to it, I would say that um, when Verlander got there in 17, he really was into something called a Rapsodo camera, which captures, I believe it's 5,000 frames per second of anything that it's photographing. And and in his case, it was his delivery, his grips, and he was adjusting his pitch pitch usage and pitch design and arm angles and things like that based on what this cutting-edge technology was telling him, and he really got into that. Mm. Uh, and that's one of the non-cheating things that helps the Astros that he benefited from. Yeah, I mean, it's not enough of a sample size to point to with those two guys in particular, given that they're stars, given that they make a ton of money to say, you know, the reason that Cole's numbers went down even slightly in New York is because of something he was doing in Houston. Or, you know, let's say Verlander signs with the Mets and, you know, he becomes not what he was in Houston. Well, he's also 40 years old. So there's uh, there could be many reasons why, uh, you know, the ebbs and flows of a career happen the way they do. But, you know, I just think skepticism coming out of Houston is every fan's right. And if there's any Mets or Yankees fans that are curious about that stuff, I think that that was a really interesting answer for them. Um, Another thing about this time of year, Andy, talking to Andy Martino of SNY, Mm -hmm. is when big signings happen, trades, whatever, you know, every fan base looks at somebody um, and says, "Why, why didn't our team go after that? guy and what does it mean for us going forward and when Jose Abreu signed with the Astros it's like the rich get richer it's another really good apparently clubhouse guy good contact hitter Mets fans are wondering uh what are we doing with the DH position it was gifted to us a year ago and we've done nothing with it we stayed in-house and didn't get JD Martinez last year we stayed in-house with Ruff and with Vogelbach are they really going to do that again do you think that that's their plan 
Probably. I'll, I'll say this. The Abreu contract um, struck the rest of the industry as like what happens when an unqualified owner gets gets to play GM. Um, it was like way more for a guy that's his age. It hit, I believe, 15 home runs last year. So that the reaction to that contract in baseball is like, oh, geez, really? Um, but, you know, the name and the fact that he's a former MVP, I understand why there'd be a desire um, to say, like, well, why can't we have that guy for some other clubs? Um, as for the Mets, yeah, like they have a lot of people from both sides of the plate that they can use in DH at bats. The guys who Mets fans really fell in love with last year, like Darren Ross, Daniel Vogelbach, <laughs> Mark Viento. <laughs> you know, Albert, Francisco Alvarez could play a big part in that, which would be a little more exciting to fans, I think. I'm not saying they won't definitely sign another bat too early in the offseason to say that. I can say their expectation is more to go with a collection of those people. Brett Beatty could get in the mix at some point to DH at bats. Alonzo could use some DH days. And others could. Uh, so that it looks like the way it's going. Uh, and, you know, what, what can I say? You, you can't have think, it all. You don't think that one of the lessons they learned last year was that DH by committee is a difficult task? Task of four or five guys, Dom Smith, Vogelbach, Ruff, whoever? No. I think they look at the San Francisco Giants of two years ago that won, what was it, 106 games, basically doing that at every position. Um, I think Billy Epler really likes the, um, the I would say, platoon approach, but matchup approach, too, and guys with a particular strength. Like, they targeted Ruff. Actually, Darren Ruff's OPS was 890-something when they traded for him against left-handed pitching. And that's like, I, you know, he didn't play well, obviously, for the Mets. But that idea of finding a guy with a specific skill set is is one of the things they like to do where they can. And then, you know, the idea is a Ruff and a Vogelbach can combine to be a stud DH. Didn't play out that way. Uh, but that that basic philosophy, I think, on, on Billy Upless part hasn't changed. Andy Martino, he covers the Mets and the Yankees for SNY as their MLB insider. Good stuff as always, my friend. Thank you for giving us 20 minutes of your time tonight. Thank you, Doug. Talk to you soon. All right, Andy. Um, I uh, Two thoughts just coming off that interview. Don't know how I would feel if I were a Met fan right now. Um, and here's why. You feel like in order to get over the hump and beat the premier teams, even just in the National League, that you have to improve. How do you see your team doing that? Um, if, for as Andy says, DH is probably going to remain the same, and you go around the diamond other than Nimmo, and and maybe you get more of a contribution from Alvarez, whether it's DH or, or catching, you go around the diamond and you look for a solution. What's going to make our team better? And you're not 100% certain where that's coming from. You may end up being that really, really star-studded rotation albeit aging with DeGrom, Scherzer, and whoever they can get at four and five to add to Carrasco, Peterson, et cetera. Um, but I just, I look at the Braves who have re-signed all of these super, super young and talented players. It feels like they're going to be good for the next decade. What can the Mets do to guarantee on paper that you're better than them when you, you step on the field for opening day next year? Second thought would be this. I'm fascinated by where Aaron Judge is right now because Andy said he heard a rumor he could sign this week. And Andy threw a little water on that fire and said it may be longer than that, but that this thing's moving fast. And a question to any Yankee fan listening. If you woke up tomorrow 
to news that Aaron Judge had signed with the San Francisco Giants. What would your thoughts be? What would your reaction be? Genuinely, it sounds like an easy question to answer considering the year he just had and considering what he means to this team. But you wake up to the news that he's going to San Francisco for an obscene amount of money. Then what? If you're a Yankee fan, how would you react to that? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.